This is Yoga Uncorked. Yes. Right, beautiful yogis, welcome back. We are in the middle of our epic chat about pran. We had our pre-drinks, our pre-game, and now we're going out, out. Are you ready? Are you ready to come? The taxi's here, lads. Lads, get your wallets, get your bags, get your shoes, fresh lippy. Let's go. Nagging in the bag. Strap in. Um, but I would love to talk a little bit about the yogic anatomy of pran. Okay, I love this shit. So we have our physical anatomy, our biochemic. Uh, biomechanics of like this is your femur anatomy and physiology <laughs> I just pointed at my arm and said this is my femur <laughs> I'm a pro at anatomy um and then you've yogic anatomy which you can't sorry some people can't see mm. but it's the how the Sheets. body up so I'd love to go uh, to talk about the pancha prana vayus or the five prana vayus so vayu kind of meaning the directions of pran in the body so we've been just to get extra confused people so in yoga and <laughs> philosophy and hinduism in general there's loads of gods and then there's loads of names for the gods and then the gods are different things it's just like this there's loads of terms so pran or prana in its essence is life force energy but then you have five different types of prana or pran one of which is called pran <laughs> <laughs> so the pancha or the five pranavayas, the directions are pran, which is like a inward. upward, inward okay, yeah. lift of energy. So anyone who's listening, take an inhale. You can feel things lifting and moving up and the rising, up, the rising. And that's called pran pran. <laughs> <laughs> then take your inhale and now exhale. That's a pan pran. So downward or leaving the body. And that applies to both like peep, <laughs> Or as I like to say when peep. I'm being a formal teacher, <laughs> urination, defecation, <laughs> menstruation. Pee-pee and poop. <laughs> and can I just slide in here? Yeah. This was kind of a very huge learning curve for me in being a woman practicing yoga. So um, you'll often hear teachers or um, not so much. I think teachers like ourselves in this time, in this space, in this place, more so like your kind of modern kind of, you know, your Krishmachara, maybe TKV, Desikachar, Iyengar, Patabi Joyce. Um, and I'm not saying that they all said this, but it was widely... Um, you know stated that maybe women shouldn't invert when they're menstruating. menstruating that's a bit triggering and a little bit annoying okay i'm the one with the womb so yeah, i'll i'll decide, decide you know yeah. um just being honest and i always thought it was a very physical thing because i think that's how we're conditioned to see everything yeah this side of the world with how we were you know how we learned growing up and stuff mm-hmm. so i spent so much time googling it um I'm like, what happens? Can the blood start flowing the other way? Can it clot? Is it dangerous? You know, Mm. this is just how we're conditioned to think very physically. Um, And I remember asking my teacher, um, when I first started practicing yoga, I asked Catherine and I loved how she answered. And she was like, that's not for me to answer. That's for you to feel out. I'm not going to tell you, you know, not to invert. It's very personal. She said, and everyone's different. So I really both respect and appreciated that it was giving the student the power you know and then I kind of learned and maybe we discussed this that in fact um and it actually makes so much more sense that the the reason maybe it's stated that you don't invert is because of a pana Mm -hmm. and because the energy especially around the time you're menstruating it's so strong especially just before you menstruate on your first few days yes the first kind of three days which actually in the ashtanga yoga tradition is known as a ladies holiday and you're not actually yeah your moon days you're not actually um i'm not going to say allowed that's very static language discouraged but, from practice yeah and yeah. i mean 
some people are full of beans and they love to practice personally you know pass me my bolster and yeah. chocolate and I'm not doing yeah. any chaturangas <laughs> thank you very much chaturangas are um, closed today <laughs> um, so it's the flow of a pana it's a downward flow and mm-hmm. like as much as it is physically when you menstruate it's very energetic and when you're going upside down you're kind of working against the flow of a pana you're reversing your pana flow yeah which can be really beneficial at times to shift like blocked wind, to shift blocked food, to shift anything that's maybe stagnant or stuck. But just like you said, your apana energy, your apana pran is, does, is there to help things leave the body. So I always used to say downwards until we did the workshop with Leslie Kamenoff, mm. who said that the exhale breath comes up. Do you remember him talking about that? That kind of shattered me a little yeah. bit. I was like, fucking I was right. like, no, but I'm I I'm used to we learned from the book that a pan yeah, is and down. I'm used to yeah. like, yeah. And the way he switched up the breath as to breathe into the chest first, whereas yeah. I'm used to breathing into the belly. <laughs> and I just think you kind of have to find what suits you. Yeah. But he was he was a yeah, that he was a anyone who teacher. makes me think mm. love it. Anyone so, who makes me go, oh fuck. Yeah. And I had so many oh fuck moments yeah. with him. And I had loads of them with Grace Tempany as well. I think yeah. a great teacher is a teacher that makes you go, oh shit. Well, isn't that phrase? I love it. And it's it's how I try to teach. And I think you do too. That you don't tell people what to think. You show them where to look. Yeah. I love Beautiful. that. Beautiful. Yeah. Anyway, so a pan is, is responsible for everything that leaves the body. Sweat, your exhale breath, menstruation, people on poop. the blob, <laughs> peep and poop, urination defecation childbirth oh we do loads of apana mudras and stuff in pregnancy or i do in in the thing because so much of what hinders babies being born is the mom holding in as opposed to letting go Mm. and trying to release okay so quick recap back on track pran pran inward upwards a pan pran mostly downwards but expelled from the body Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, I think it's really important to note that if you're feeling high and anxious, you need to focus more on your pan energy of grounding and bringing you down. And if you're feeling low and stagnant, focus more on your inhale breath of, so exhale breath for a pan and inhale breath for pran to lift you out Mm -hmm. of the mood. Quick plug, Alchemy School of Yoga, YouTube, there's two 10 minute practices one for cultivating a pan pran and one for cultivating pran oh, pran can't wait to do them. i've not called them that because you'd have to listen to this hour and a half podcast probably yeah. at this stage but they're one to, for uplifting your energy and one for grounding your energy Sweet. 10 minutes is all you need namaste mm-hmm. pran pran a pan pran then you go into saman pran mm-hmm. so a centering inwards you'll experience this in a twist mm. where you're rotating on all twists last night nice juicy yeah um anything that kind of draws the abdomen in it's centered around the middle of the body solar plexus stuff solar plexus manipura chakra then so that's the third one then you have vian pran which is an expansive outward so like your inhale breath in a side bend is really Vianne. Mm. No one can see my hands, so this is irrelevant. She's fluffing all over the place. I'm like spreading a, my wings. Like a peacock. <laughs> peacock. Mm-hmm. And then you have an overall all-encompassing energy called Udan Pran. Mm. And this is experienced often in inversions. It's centered actually from the neck up. Um, but it's almost like described as... An auric yeah i'll put up a picture actually i think that yeah, kind of helps to explain to this myself, yeah so there are the five pancha prana values so the five energy directions and when i talk about pranayama being breathwork and energy direction this is the energy direction bit mm-hmm. where you can cultivate and direct pran around the body by just being aware of what's happening Thank you for that. Really magic. Beautiful. You know, it can be done a lot in the breathwork stuff, but pranayama isn't limited to breath. It's energy direction. direction. And you know, never, your life force extension. Mm. And never, I don't know, did I say this in a last, in a previous podcast, but I definitely said it to some yogi friends that like, um, never have I felt that so deeply really with 
energy direction than getting a massage recently um, and not so much in my yoga practice and that was a massage with plug plug plugging my best friend Robbie um he's a neuromuscular therapist should we mention him in every episode he's fucking class <laughs> and he but, still um, hasn't listened <laughs> <laughs> so like he had to dig in quite deep especially in the inner thigh Ooh. adductors it's so sensitive it's like there's a lot of nadis go through nadis mm. are the channels that the energies flow and through. i think that will be our next step to Ooh, continue on from Pran, Shishumna, Ida, Pingala, Surya, Chandra, all these. Ooh, yeah, okay. very much energetic, but taking it in a different next, way. Yeah. So next, next time. Um, but anyway, so it again, I very much am a physical person. So feeling is very, mm. I'm very, I, I, am I sensitive to feeling? I'm not sure, but um, you feel things. Yeah, and this like I could feel this like you know there was lots of tension in my inner thighs he had his knuckles in there and the only way we were able to kind of get through it was with my breath he was like Beautiful. breathe towards my hands so his understanding of pran is very much like he was in his own way yeah doing pranayama with me and he was the one that had to remind me you no know, breathe towards yeah. my hand mm-hmm breathe you know you know when you get a massage and they kind of dig in around your Ooh, scapula a bit yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's like breathe into the back of the scapula yeah, shoulder uh, blades so yeah. he was like, such a huge pranayama teacher to me yeah that day just called a different thing and like it just it was it got me through and my body just started to unravel nice. and it was my breath that allowed me to and you unravel. don't have a lung in your inner thigh what? You don't have a lung in your inner thigh. So how can oh, you yeah. breathe into your inner thigh? Because it's an energy pran, direction. Exactly. Yeah. Pran is everywhere. Yeah. And like, I'd often say this, like, and people give out about yoga teachers being like, oh, breathe into your heart. You can't breathe. In. But it's, you're asking the energy to draw in, you know? Breathe into your pelvic And core. I often say like, you don't have a lung in your lower back, but imagine your kidney is a lung and breathe into your kidney. Yeah. Actually, I'd love to do something now. So wherever you are, close your eyes unless you're driving or whatever. And take an inhale and take an exhale. And do that again and really focus on your lungs. And now I'd like you to keep breathing, but imagine that every pore in your body is absorbing energy as you breathe. that feel different imagine every pore is absorbing you're expanding filling with energy as you inhale through every pore and now imagine like your spine is absorbing energy as you inhale see how different the breath can be when you're not looking at just the lungs mm. that's mm. the energy direction part mm. of pranayama mm. yeah and i almost think we should end it there because there's so much to talk about in part it's, two yeah so much that isn't it so funny that like anytime i sit down to do an app and we literally pick the subject 40 minutes ago <laughs> <laughs> Because we don't prepare, lads. Don't this is prepare. one thing we say. Like this is this is transparent, honest. We kind of bounce off each other far better when we do yeah. not prepare. Exactly. Go to another podcast if you're looking for a preparation <laughs> <laughs> and order. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I think you know at the beginning of every podcast, especially the one of the previous ones of the kind of industry of yoga and the money, mm-hmm. um. I was like, I won't have five minutes to even talk about this. And it ends up just being so, it's almost like an unraveling. It's almost, mm. this to me has become like my journal. Lovely. Like this things that just come as I, yeah. you know, I'm just you're figuring it out. Like, yeah, very, very much. Yeah. And, and I mean, there are times and places for really concentrated, succinct chunks of information mm. for people to learn. But I definitely feel like I learn better through conversation experiential mm. learning mm. having so, the lulls having the lulls and always worried we won't have enough to talk about or i won't but and it'll when it comes into it then episodes. it's just like whoa. yeah part b because i'd also love to talk about 
the baby being born, which we didn't talk about. Yes, let's talk about that next. And week. the fucking pran that was involved in that. Holy mother, holy moly. Um, because I've loads of other stuff I want to say on this. Mm. And there's the whole, you know, talking about we could go into like when you're thinking of pranayama, to me now it makes more sense as energy direction, to be mm. honest. Um, but like, you know, you've all the different types of pranayama. You've got heating styles of breathing, cooling mm. styles of breathing, um, breath resonance. You have balance, like with your Naudi Shodhana. More Kriya type. We need to talk about the Kriyas, which I understand as cleansing for pranayama. So it's almost mm. a prior mm-hmm. getting yourself ready. Yeah. So we can talk about Kriyas and oh, I need to bring my book Roots of Yoga because okay. it's direct translations from like books that are thousands of <gasps> years old and some Gosh. of the Kriyas. Yeah, like, squat down in the river. Basically, take out your intestines, clean them, stick it back up your bum. <laughs> that's one part of yoga now I'm not going to sign up for. <laughs> things that are in this book that's thousands of years it. old. It's I'm flabbergasted reading it. Um. So, and, you know, we talk about Shushumna, your central energy yes. channel, the other the nadis, how it's mm. your meridians and chi yes. and Chinese medicine. And again, going back to what we opened the podcast with, it's very much the same. Yeah. Same, same, but different. Speaking of things in the center where your Shushumna is, have you noticed anything about my hair? Are you center parting? I'm center parting. I noticed something different. I'm trying to be a, not be a millennial. No, do you know what I was modern. getting? No, do you know what I got sitting down with you because your hair, hair was wet? No, first of all, I love it. You're taking me back to, I was going to say Ted Bundy goodness. What? What's that? <laughs> Ted Bundy had a type. Center parting. Brown haired girls. Come we were Ted. his women. We were his women. Yeah, if you look at his victims, God rest their souls, they're all center parting brown hair. We would have been oh, his dream girl. I might go back. No, I'm getting very 70s commune vibes, but it's stunning. That's I, no, that's what towards. I want. <laughs> so if you look at like, you know, the 70s, the late yeah. 60s, Woodstock, yeah. all like that is my fashion perfection. No. I love it. It's all center parting. That's what I'm getting. Kind of Jim Jones, yeah. culty in a little bit, but love it. As one of my no, lovers, as one it. of my lovers said. How do you like your hair though? Don't do it far. You are know. you loving it because I love it so then I stopped that made me think and I was like I'm not doing a trend be young and cool I'm doing it because the whole millennials always have a side parting thing got me thinking that my hair has been the same since I was about 18 I prefer this do you yeah and the last time I got my hair cut which was before the and pandemic, your waves fall yeah really well as well the last time I got my hair cut which was before the pandemic the hairdresser cut a center crease like as mm. she didn't cut but she styled a center crease and it just it was too much there was too much change going on at the time <laughs> actually sorry it was it was in the middle but the last time we could get our hair cut yeah. so sorry it was in the middle of the pandemic and I was like I can't cope with any more change whereas now I'm like oh no let's try something new so for the oh, last gosh. like two weeks I've been trying this and I get my hair cut tomorrow so, I love I love it yeah no and I did notice something but yeah. I was like maybe it's because your hair is wet yes. my hair is wet when you arrived yeah no I love it I'm getting very 70s vibes. so obviously this is what the people wanted to hear so I thought we should talk about <laughs> this and I wear a center party you do yeah. yeah yeah so now we look more like oh I love it <laughs> <laughs> and actually I was wearing that necklace that you have on up until this morning and I changed to this <laughs> lapis lazuli that's a lovely no one, one can see it um actually as an aside I would love, and I meant to say this at the start of the first episode that we did, uh, just on Fran, um, when we were reading out the lovely feedback we were getting. I hate doing it, but can we ask you guys to post on your social media about the podcast, to tell your friends to listen, to tag us in things, to, what do they say, rate, review and subscribe on yeah. wherever you get your podcasts. And... Oh, look at you. I know. Great review. Subscribe. The only reason we're doing this, as you can see, we don't have a big agenda with the podcast where we're like, we want to get X number of listeners and followers and all that. I hope you guys can realize that we're really doing this because we love it and we want to spread the word and the love and the joy. But just like that woman in Australia that we were talking about who found us, she found us because we came up on search yeah and I don't know how that happened maybe she knows somebody who listened to us or something like that but you know 
we we love that you are enjoying the podcast but it's lovely to share it yes so that others can find it too mm-hmm. thank yes, you namaste. and we all know what it's like to discover a podcast and there's like 200 episodes and you should go all the way back or mm. you skip all of the originals so mm. the more people who find it now hopefully the bigger the community will grow oh, and you can be part of the og crew absolutely so the original have some gangsters oh god i'm hoping that like we get to a stage with this that we like <laughs> it's just because the podcasts i listen to like they're mostly true crime and paranormal but um they have hundreds of episodes and they always like refer back to the first few where it sounds like they're underwater yeah because of the quality <laughs> of the mic so i wonder if we you know go on and on and on and invest in you know you more expense <laughs> we won't be sitting in my kitchen we slash... get a studio Oh, maybe oh, put it out there, plant yeah, the seed. Yeah. Um, I love her like my kitchen, which is also my office, my sitting room, my <laughs> living space, my yoga studio. Jean lives in the cutest little space. I love this. Love your home. It's I five meters by six meters, so it's thirty meters squared for the whole thing. Thirty whole square place. feet. Yeah, yeah, it's class. It's it's a it's a tiny home. You were doing like. I don't know what I call it, minimalistic, but full of stuff, <laughs> full of yogi stuff. But you were doing this like kind of minimalistic eco shite before <laughs> living before it became popular on Netflix. Well, things. isn't all they say necessity is the mother of all invention? I didn't know I that. I had no choice. Yeah, but, anyway, <laughs> but we'll pretend that I was a trendsetter. Oh no, I love this space. Yeah, so no, much. I do. I'm very fortunate, and it's full of pran full of pran girl because i teach here i practice here can i just say though our main source of pran for this living space is not with us today our he's coffee? on his holidays oh amen yeah amen the dog is on holidays mm. see i suppose the people don't really know about amen because we have to put him out when we're recording because he's, he's chaos lovely chaos yeah but he is on his holidays because i'm just back from retreat mm. where i had to get him minded and he's with a beautiful woman who loves him like her own Mm. and then i've got a few things on and then i'm going away again tomorrow so he's not here but yeah i forgot, I forgot about him being a good source of pran oh he's full of pran yeah mm. he unsettles my pran sometimes now but mm-hmm. by and large he's like so i i've often said this to exes as well before that like because i'd be a very loving person mm-hmm. and like to her if if i didn't have amen i would smother people with love <laughs> Like I, I get scared sometimes that I don't have people to give the love to. Do you know what I mean? Like no. I feel I'm gonna explode, like yeah. I'm gonna overwhelm, like I get overwhelmed. So if Eamon wasn't there, watch out anyone who's in my circle, you would be smothered with my love. <laughs> It'd be too much. You'd have to leave. <laughs> give me some of that sweet loving. Gimme, gimme, gimme some pran after midnight. Now I totally just hijacked that. That was your thing that you said off air i'm on an apple buzz at the moment are you? oh yeah my <laughs> musical taste just varies wildly as mm. so abba is yeah i'm enjoying abba right now at the moment have you seen the mamma mia's no what i don't like musicals though oh but it's just abba music okay i think you'd like them okay and you'll probably cry in a nice way okay yeah i'd watch mm. the, the the mamma mia's okay. yeah engine 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 number nine um let's come back i whipped out a book <laughs> during the break we decided we might you know do a bit do of that research, research. <laughs> um and i have to give full credit this is one of the manuals from one of my yoga teacher trainings with a kanda yoga written by yogarishi vishvaketu dr yogarishi vishvaketu phd and dr chetna jessica torrance phd two of my teachers um I think she's PhD and I and you know we had actually covered a lot of stuff which I was very proud that I had remembered it Mm -hmm. um but one thing we hadn't looked at was how you can lose pran Mm. lads are you ready now pull up a pew (laughs) we're fucked (laughs) (laughs) numero uno numero uno pran it can be lost in a number of very common ways are you ready number one too much talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why we have to be able to survive, I'd say. <laughs> Multitasking with rapid movements. Well, I can't multitask, so I feel I 
that doesn't apply to me. I just cannot multitask. This so. is literally my life. Now, I can multitask in a way, like I'll probably have 10 tabs open on the computer. But what I can't do is multi-communicate, I've realised. So I can't reply to a text message while listening to someone else. As in like, like yeah, I could never be listening. Like if I, I love podcasts, but I have to only listen to the podcast. I agree. Yeah, I can't I won't be able to text you or music on and reply to someone or yeah. or like if Dwayne is talking to me or my dad or you or anyone and I'm trying to text, I actually have to say I'm really sorry. I'm not able to just give me a sec because yeah. I won't be able to hear what I won't hear you what know. you're saying. Yeah. yeah, which I actually figure that is for most people, but they don't have the awareness to say, can you just pause there for a second? Mm. Anyway, um, too much exercise for your your constitution. So that probably wouldn't apply to someone who was very pitta. It depends if they're balanced or not, you see. Okay, so that's another episode in itself. Yeah. Is the doshas. Notice if the activities and movement practices you're doing are fueling you or draining you. Mm-hmm. Okay, like that's important. Mm. So like, just as you were saying in the first part of this episode, that, you know, um, vinyasa, when you're feeling stagnant, fuels you and churns mm-hmm. up all that energy. Whereas like coming out of yoga practice and you feel exhausted and drained, mm. probably not. The yeah, it's, it needs to. Yeah, it does need yeah. to fuel you. And that's very important to know, actually, like when you're in posture, you should be maybe. Now, obviously, there's postures that you need to kind of work on. And there's still lots of postures in the vinyasa practice that I feel like I'm nearly bleeding prana. It's just too. Oh, my breath is like, <laughs> OK, and it's taking away. So not yeah. so much the practice, but certain things. Prana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's interesting. My morbid mind bleeding. 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 Um, improper rest and relaxation. Mm-hmm. And I remember doing a blog post about this for the website before, where like just because you're you're think you're resting doesn't mean you're resting. Mm, great point. So like you could be sitting down watching TV, listening to something else, talking to someone, eating sugar, drinking alcohol and caffeine all the good stuff basically all that fun stuff and you're actually stressing your nervous system out even though you're not yeah and I've experienced that loads over the years you know I'm just gonna lie here on the couch and rest and I'm just going to rest physical rest but my nervous system no matter how yeah and a good thing in a great thing if you feel like you know I'm not doing anything I'm physically resting whether you're forced to rest with injury but you still feel you feel that nervous system response for mm. me it feels like you know when you put do you know that video when you put mentos mints into a bottle of coke <laughs> yeah that's what my nervous system is okay. like when I know I can lie down here and you know not physically exert myself but there's still something Fizzing. um there's still that bubbling fizz so pranayama you know it's great for regulating restorative yoga practices oh yin yoga practices yeah you know it's yoga nidra yes Mm. it's still that kind of direction of energy away from the coke bottle and pack menthos exactly and when you even think of the word restorative you're restoring Mm. the pran you've lost Mm. you know um and i have a friend who was quite ill recently she got long covid and she still has it really jesus that's it's frightening what's coming out about that like she's got a few other issues going on and of course as we were talking and as she said to me you know there's very few people she would say this to and that she'd probably be locked up if she said it to a doctor but like uh, her sickness was more than physical as well there was a lot of stuff going on for her and she was saying, I'm going back now. She loves the gym. She loves lifting heavy weights. Mm-hmm. And I, she was like, I'm going back now to my trainer. And I'm going to go back because I feel like I need to move. And I was like, just hang on a second now. Is it your mind is telling you that you've been in hospital for two weeks and you've been sitting on your ass, basically? Or do you actually feel like you have enough built up restored energy to actually be lifting heavy shit? And I said, maybe you need to do a week of restorative yoga first. And she was like, you're spot on. Yeah. You know? And even her language, I suppose she said, I feel I need to move. Oh, yeah. As opposed to, I think I need to I, move. I don't know. I can't remember what she said. Mm. But I think I said it the way I feel I said it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I feel it. Well, lots of love to your friend. I hope she starts Ooh. feeling better soon. And, you know, maybe the moving and grooving will build some of that energy back For up. For sure. And yeah. she seems to definitely have the awareness that, like, yeah. 
if she does go to the gym and if she doesn't feel great, she knows then, she, like, some restorative yeah. and tell her she can always join my in class. Yeah, 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 sure. I have some in videos to send her away if she Lovely. wants some. Thank you. Oh. Feel better, Jean's friend. <laughs> um, Overthinking is another way to lose pran. Champion overthinker yeah. here, <laughs> INJF. Always overthinking. Um, toxic environments. Mm -hmm. so true and i think that goes back to what we were saying in the last one about like do you have social anxiety or are you in the wrong group or even work environments you know people oh. feel drained from work and yeah. they're like what's wrong yeah i'm just back from 10 days in a row working not quite 24 7 but like pretty much when you're on retreat mm -hmm. i feel like i want to be there for my students um i manage my energy but i'm not that tired yeah i love what i do mm -hmm. it um, fuels you yeah for sure um overstimulation and stress that's just life i feel yeah. a lot of us have but you can definitely manage the overstimulation yoga and also floating you know yes. um taking yeah. away all that outward stimulus not being on your devices too much yeah and just yeah. creating an environment for yourself that you sense it's called sensory rest you know mm. they're studying it at the moment it's very interesting of course you can create sensory rest at home you've eye pillows earplugs um we're just topping up our tulsi tea um you can't block it out but like floating really is a wonderful floating practice it's class oh, it's yes. modern day pratyahara totally mm. um and then prana is also lost in the body in exhalation mm -hmm. which we breathe out where you can also eliminate waste through exhalation so mm -hmm. it's not all bad um excessive exercise elimination of waste are you listening? The emission of semen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> My teacher explained this before. I find this so interesting. Yes, because look, I'd like to sit down and discuss. Because what you're actually going to say, I'd like semen. <laughs> <laughs> the whole um, celibacy Ooh, thing, you know. Ramacharya. It's yes, called in yoga, yeah. which is one of the... is it? Niyamas. Yeah. Um, like, some people could call it, some people translate it to chastity, mm -hmm. which again is a lot of what some religions would talk mm -hmm. about. And for a long time, sexuality has been shamed in different religions. I feel like we should celebrate this, in my personal opinion. Um, and a lot of the time it's our innate power. Mm -hmm. But I know my teacher explained it before and I really resonated with this one and again I'm not a man so it's different um we have to remember that the philosophy and practice of yoga was designed to prepare the body the mind the energy for meditation followed by samadhi mm -hmm. enlightenment or as I started calling it okay integration can we say that louder for the people in the back <laughs> yoga asana and the yoga practice or just yoga in general was designed and practiced to prepare yourself for a comfortable meditation yeah to lead to samadhi. samadhi so this goes back to the sutras yoga is practiced to prepare and asana means seat yeah to sit you know yeah so great yeah yeah so taking that on board Bra having brahmacharya as part of the path of yoga what some people call a celibacy isn't saying you're a bad person if you have sex okay because sex is the most natural thing in the world the most beautiful natural thing and if you're not having good sex i'm sorry 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 <laughs> <laughs> come talk to us my air condolences whole other podcast um <laughs> sorry i'm distracted <laughs> um so if you are doing daily practices to build up your pram and then as a male or someone who has a penis <laughs> i'm not gonna say what's a male <laughs> kelly just did a hand gesture i'm gonna say ejaculates a lot you're losing energy you're losing energy now let there be no shame let there be no guilt because we just talked in the last episode they are low vibrations. low vibrations lads get them up the vibrations but know that you are emitting a substance from the body that has the potential potent energy to create new life we let that sink in mm -hmm. your semen has the potential potent energy to create it's powerful 
life. Mm. It is powerful. And so my teacher would call brahmacharya, not chastity, but the allocation of your energy. Allocate the energy that leaves your body well. What? <laughs> Pick who you ejaculate with, basically. <laughs> Did we expect this to go down this road? I don't think we did. Suddenly Nothing we're here. goes down any road we've tried to go down. <laughs> Suddenly we're here. We go the road less traveled. I like it. Accordingly, like it. you know, is it Robert Frost? Yeah. The or less Sylvia Plath or someone. <laughs> <laughs> Something from the Leaving Cert. Um, <laughs> but I really like it. That's, I'm glad that. you, yeah, because it's, Oh, and I wrote about this actually in my philosophy exam um, for my yoga teacher training, mm. just like that. I couldn't comprehend it really because, you know, like celibacy like means that new life can't be born and mm. what's more beautiful than new life, you know? So yeah. I, and yeah, I just kind of have to it on a page. Think about it. Do you, read, do you want to read your you should transcribe your philosophy oh i don't it'll actually be in an email somewhere yeah, yeah i actually need to look That'd it up be nice yeah. but that's a really lovely point because i think the the point of brahmacharya is be mindful of where you're spoken where you're spoken <laughs> kelly i love it so true but also be mindful of who you who are intimate with what stop it i love it <laughs> oh, i'm trying to be serious oh she's breaking the gaff now she's so excited her man <laughs> do they break no her sonnies um and it's not like and i think again we have to remember that a lot of people walking the yogic path back then were what they called renunciates who were monks like mm. they lived a monastic life and they lived in caves and they didn't have partners or families mm -hmm. but they chose that they weren't told they had to do that and then we would be called householders people yes. who live and procreate if we want and have access to the yoga practice oh yeah i thought you were gonna say have loads of sex <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah i think that's something to consider and it's not it's not the same for, let's say, people who maybe identify as women or have female genitalia, mm -hmm. um, because not all the time, you, nothing leaves the or maybe mm -hmm. it doesn't leave the body, do you know? So this is getting very it's sexy. Getting very sexy. <laughs> I'm getting a bit flushed, but it's partly yeah. hormonal as well, but it's often why men are done after they ejaculate mm. whereas women are refueled mm. and that's why we're goddesses and the superior being no you <laughs> carry and birth the life you carry and birth the life because we've the stamina <laughs> okay i'm gonna put a big pause on this now this is a whole other episode i love this um so yeah i'm that's, being, i'm joking no i think it's brilliant <laughs> that is brahmacharya which is mm. one of the niyamas which some people call celibacy I like to call allocation of your energy. That's, yeah. do you know what? I'm so glad we discussed it because it's one, there's many gray areas in yoga philosophy for me because it's so old yeah, exactly. and it's such a different part of the world. And there's always going to be things that you can't wrap your head around it. But this one was especially one of those. Okay. So I'm really glad that you explained it, um, how your teacher does, because it that's making sense of it, you know? It's the one that really... Um that really that, that was the explanation that really resonated yeah. with me when I heard it um because I just googled it there now and it says this is wikipedia brahmacharya is a concept within Indian religions and philosophies that literally means to stay in conduct within one's own soul because brahma would be the creator it's like discipline he's in, one of the trinity yeah it's brahma shiva and vishnu is that right Yes. Yeah. And then, and again, this is an overlap yes. of Holy Trinity. Yeah. Your Celtic knots, isn't that always, mm -hmm. everything's in trees. trees. Yeah. It generally refers to the lifestyle characterized by sexual continence or complete abstinence. Okay. So that or is important. Yeah. So if you've decided that your sole purpose in life is to reach Samadhi, feel free to abstain from sexual interactions. That include ejaculation if not 
Let's right on. on. <laughs> <laughs> but again, be mindful of who you share your energy with. Yes. Right. There's no greater energy exchange. Absolutely. You know? You're you're exchanging the energy that has the potential to create new life. It mm -hmm. is so fucking potent. Mm -hmm. Um and tantra yoga isn't actually all about sex, even though a lot of the time people is, but a tantric way of lovemaking, you are literally completing an energetic loop with the other person mm -hmm. and your energy becomes one. So I have a beautiful friend who always says, don't sleep with someone you wouldn't want to be. Oh, that hit me hard. Mm. Yeah, I was like, Whew. so like mm. if you wouldn't ha be happy to actually be that person and live in that body, keep your energy to yourself keep your energy to yourself girlfriend mm. okay or boyfriend or boyfriend or mm. non-binary mm -hmm. or lover partner mm. Mm. so that's another way you can lose pran and then this one is a lovely segue into what we also i would like to talk about if that's okay the process of childbirth mm. is a huge loss of pran because you have literally given, given yourself to new pran to a new budding pran yeah yeah little bud and i noticed um in my friend actually the new baby um and it's something that i learned from you is you know when you see the whites of someone's eyes and they're nearly blue mm. and you said that your teacher always says like the whites of someone's eyes really tell us how much prana is in their body the sparkle and the yeah and how healthy they are this yeah. baby girl mm. her whites are i've never seen anything like it in Almost my life blue nearly blue like even off the chart color yeah 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 and i'm like she's just new sure. pran and yeah. pure, pure and you know yeah just born like you know especially if she is being breastfed yes and didn't have any interventions or anything put in her body she is literally she's completely nourished by yeah. the most amazing mom uh, and dad you know yeah. so yeah well and this is a lovely thing to say that like the anyone who isn't the mother who's delivered the baby your role is that sounding very prescriptive but you know if you can nourish that mother and replenish her pran your plan pran is also the world is a better place because yeah. nourishing the mother allows the mother to nourish the baby mm -hmm. and the mother's nourishment is actually paramount and she's so focused on this new being that she's connected to because she's grown it inside her body mm -hmm. and the midwife said to me at the last birth the relationship between mother and baby is symbiotic for the first two months mm -hmm. symbiotic there is no separation between mother and baby they need each other solely to survive and so any new parents out there listening who haven't birthed the baby any friends family relatives you know don't mind you're getting back into your skinny jeans business nourish that mother to the high heavens beautiful food beautiful rest uh try and think of what they need before they even know they need it themselves yes and you'll know by their face like mm -hmm. offer them things don't mm -hmm. say this is what you should have mm -hmm. hey do you want this and they'll do a face they'll mm -hmm. do a like a really nice face when they they're like yes that's what i would want yeah and i suppose as a new mother you're just so I suppose maybe I, I could just be presuming, but you're solely focused on this new life that you just forget about yourself. Yeah. And often people call mothers martyrs and, you know, mm. because in a way um, the physiology is set up that they are so primal that they're just trying to keep their baby alive. And therefore they do put themselves second, um, if um, not yeah. even third, fourth, mm. fifth, if there's multiple children. And so the people outside of that immediate relationship, if you can mind the mother, mm. the world is a better place. Mm. Yeah. And I, I really, without going into too much, like how we treat women in pregnancy and postnatal is actually close to barbaric in our mm -hmm. current systems. I know that's a very strong statement, but it is. Mm. Yeah. And if we can all have a little bit of compassion and, and like, you know, often it's seen as this weakness oh they're out of work for all this time and you know their emotional wrecks and their hair is all over the place and it's like yeah they just brought new life into the world can you imagine as well like and i i don't mean this in a negative connotation but if you really think of like the physical trauma of a woman's body mm. from 
carrying a baby for 10 months and then birthing Mm -hmm. a baby yeah and I don't know did I say this in a past podcast I don't think I did but um the so your pituitary gland releases um a chemical called dmt when you die and that's why they um that's what they sometimes sum up as near-death experiences you know when some people die and then they come back and they have this mental trip where they're like i was i seen the light i was with god i was above my body and it's always described as extremely blissful they don't even want to come back i'm really into ndes um they don't know is that actually a spiritual experience or is that the response of the chemical being released into your bloodstream so dmt people are probably familiar with it you can ingest it in with tribes in the amazonian forest through the ayahuasca bark um, from the the ayahuasca tree so that enables you to release this um for your body to go on this mad spiritual experience it's mm. meant to be very profound absolutely no interest in taking ayahuasca it sounds it's like really profound when done with the right support and yes people and really for me to say that. yeah and yeah. personally i believe that that's the medicine of their land okay. and i don't feel i have any business with that Not you know sure. um but respect to anyone who tries absolutely mad respect but the only other time and this is science like this is science so it's true it's science <laughs> the only other time that a body releases dmt or the pituitary gland is during childbirth whoa mm-hmm. that's cool um and if allowed, i bet you and like i'm not saying it's supposed to be because that's not a nice thing to say okay. everyone's birth is their birth yeah. their experience yeah but some women might say it's ecstatic mm. orgasmic orgasmic yeah um intense is the word after me yeah and this could be a response yeah and maybe sometimes that ecstasy and orgasmic intensity can be taken away yeah you know um but you know every woman and every mother is going to know what's best yeah. for her and listening to the woman yeah. is so important. What they want. and But isn't that so interesting? That's fascinating. I didn't mm. know that. That's mm. really, really cool. Yeah. Um, and like birth is a spiritual experience, if allowed to be. And like in yoga, they use the term yoni to describe all the female genitalia and reproductive system, both inside and outside the body. And yoni means gateway. You're the gateway to new life. Oh, the vessel, baby. It's the most sacred. You know, the way we use it in a negative context. Oh, you're such a pussy. Like the pussy, the vagina, the vulva, the whatever you want to call it, is the most sacred portal to new life. Pussy power. How cool is that? Mm. Um, And it contains a lot of power. Yoni Mm. shakti, they call it, Mm. the power. The power of the pussy <laughs> <laughs> and i know that kind of more modern day yoga and when we speak about this we speak about like um late 19th century early 20th century throughout the 20th century was mostly designed for boys mm-hmm. and men mm-hmm. but when you look at some of the older texts um and a really good book that focuses in on this is Yoni. Is it Yoni Shakti? Uma? Yoni Shakti. Yeah, yeah. Uma Dinsmurti, yeah. yeah. Say her so, name. <laughs> Kelly can never say her name. Uma so, But she yeah. speaks a lot in her book <laughs> at like, I couldn't tell you now what era of time this is, but it wasn't the last 100 or 200 yeah. years. Um, Just the ferocity, the power, the respect, and the mm. utmost awe that the yoga, and I think Kama Sutra, or not Kama Sutra, sorry, Tantra Yoga mm. and the woman. Yes. You know? Yeah. The the vessel for a new life like yeah. okay this is getting very sexy I know. let's get okay. back to prana get back to prana um yeah mind the moms basically yeah is what we're trying to say they they've lost prana mm-hmm. and they've they've been left with a space in their body that needs to be replenished and we replenish prana let's recap on recap. the main event with food movement breathing and energy direction surroundings your environment yeah and maybe your spiritual connection exactly Mm. one quick thing if that's okay (laughs) people always talk about ways to speed speed up labor or to bring on labor have you heard of all these like you should have sex you should walk curries curries, all this stuff no one or very few people talk about 
what slows down labor stress do you want to know bright lights mm. strangers an environment you don't know literally hospital and i'm not anti-hospital birth at all but we like just like the whole thing about replenishing prana you're asking people to be in an environment where their body naturally contracts their mm. primal being contracts and for birth you need to open up mm. and like it's a very it's an opening for sure exactly my dream because i'm really interested in childbirth mm-hmm. um my dream like dream dream is that we could have birth centers mm-hmm. that I totally get why people go to hospital and why it's encouraged, especially if it's your first child, because God forbid of something it saves many lives. It saves many babies, many lives. But like, can we have a birth center that like no artificial light allowed, please? Yeah. You know, it's very quiet. Mm. It's saged all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there's birth pools everywhere, not just you might get to use it if it's available yeah, yeah. at that time for you. Or I don't even know. Yeah. 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 Um, Maybe there's someone with a drum in a corner beating a rhythmic <laughs> drum to kind of get you in the zone. And it's really important to say that what you're describing is someone's someone else's idea of health. Okay, yes, that thank the you. That hospital might make them feel really safe. Yes, thank yeah. you. That's a very good point. So, so I think yeah. to conclude, like mad love to every woman and their yeah. decision. Empower them. No matter them whatever it is. Their choices. Yeah. I think people forget that. Like I've had so many women in my pregnancy classes say, I'm not allowed. And I'm like, who so told you sad. that? And, and my thing is, it's not to fight the medical staff. They're there. No one goes into midwifery or gynecology to hurt people. Mm. No, very few. <laughs> Nobody. The Hippocratic Oath. They, they have to do certain things because of legal, legal things. And it's not always the health or the long-term health of the woman and baby. That's priority. Often mm. it's procedure or, you know, this or that. Exactly. Mm. Um, but people who have had particular things happen might feel really safe in hospital. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. other people might not. But it's knowing that you have choices. Yeah. And um, I've had many women who were told by GPs or doctors that they couldn't have a home birth. And their midwives actually reported their um, medical professionals far lying because that was incorrect information. And they gave it because maybe they themselves had a poor experience or something and often often being educated and knowing your options is is what will empower people to make the choice for them yes and being empowered will help with everything that follows because when you're in an empowered position Mm -hmm. good things will follow absolutely and can we just like for a moment just put midwives on pedestals because they're so fucking unreal (sighs) they are they are unreal guardians of normality and you know that back in um, the Salem witch trial era, midwives were considered witches yeah. because they brought um, beings into the world. Right, yeah. yeah, we would have all been burnt. I know. Due to cash. Come here, we'd definitely Christy. be burnt. Oh, you, straight we up. Dwayne says it to me all the time. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be burnt, girl. You'd like straight up. First Burn me, bitch. There's a, there's a painting. I need to get it. And it's of a woman, um, a witch tied to a stake and the flames are licking up around her and she's lighting a cigarette. Love it. The flames. <laughs> <laughs> I meant that, obviously. Classy. Yeah, yeah, Classy yeah. Maybe it's roly, like, you know, oh, yeah. and a bag of tobacco, yeah. maybe, like, you know. <laughs> Never know, she might have a bit of hashish um, in there. She might. Mm-hmm. Um, we've okay, of, back to Pran. That was still kind of Pran related, wasn't it? Yeah. yes because yeah. we got into like how actually when you give birth you're yes. losing pran exactly. as empowering as it is yeah nourish our moms nourish the moms mm-hmm. yeah bye. bye recording is stopped should i press end yeah this is yoga uncorked